Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. We have got a great show today. I've got Dr. Mark Sherwood. He's a naturopathic doctor. And he and Michelle Neal Sherwood, who's a DO, have a full-time wellness-based medical practice in Tulsa, not that far away from Dallas, called the Functional Medical Institute, where they adopt a whole-person approach, which is outcome-based looking at each individual unique needs. Their goal is to lead people down a pathway of true healing. To that end, there are two purposes. One, and this sounds like a hard one, to eradicate all self-imposed choice-driven disease conditions. And two, to eliminate the uses of unnecessary medications. Through their unique clinic, their various diagnostic tests that they use, healing and prevention of common disease patterns are the norm. And, you know, Dr. Mark comes at wellness with a really interesting background. He certainly has many training and certificates and all kinds of things, but he also is a 24-year veteran, retired veteran of the Tulsa Police Department, where he logged a decade of courageous service on the department's SWAT team. He's also a former Oklahoma State and regional bodybuilding champion and ex-professional baseball player. He's traveled the world for over 10 years, and he told me he had been on every continent except Antarctica uh, with the world-famous power team. He firmly believes that each person has an awesome destiny and purpose in life, which can be revealed only through the pursuit of total wellness. Mark's a motivational speaker, and his presentations are sought by audiences nationwide. Mark, thank you so, so much for joining me today on In Your Head. Lee, I'm so honored to be here with you. I've been excited about this. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, you know, your background, your life, I really believe that our life experiences shape us, and they shape our philosophy and everything we do. I mean, you went from... 24 years on the police department, SWAT teams, bodybuilding. Tell me your story. How did you end up where you are? Well, there's a lot to that story, but I'll condense it and uh, very much so here. But suffice it to say, um, I had an original goal. I wanted to play Major League Baseball, but um, I got to play a little bit, but I never made it to that level. So I was very blessed. And that led me down the pathway of just wanting to help people, um, which eventually landed me on the police department the Tulsa Police Department um and when I got into that of course I'd always been into fitness and I was challenged to do a a national police and fire olympics bodybuilding competition and I'd never done that before and uh sure enough I agreed to and uh, was placed fourth that first competition so I was very excited I was kind of hooked and of course at that time I was on the SWAT team as well and um you know, learning to really manage the stress of that and also, Lee, seeing people people die, tragedies, seeing the best and the worst of all situations, and then traveling the world with a power team, it, it shaped a lot of who I am. Um, I've always wanted to be, frankly, the best I could be that God made me to be, and um you're going along there in that time in my life thinking everything's well, and um, wouldn't you know it that at the 
peak of what I thought I was doing my best, I had the worst tragedy of my life, which was uh, uh, dealing with my mother's suicide. A lot of people don't know that, and that literally took the breath out of me. But at the same time, it put a breath back in me, Lee, that I can't stop. It's the incessant passion and desire to communicate hope, love, and health to this world because life is indeed but a breath and it can be taken away and all of us can be capable of doing anything both good and bad. So transversing you know, my life into a naturopathic doctor with the design to still protect and serve people uh, from themselves sometimes. And uh, you mentioned at the outset the eradication or elimination of all self-imposed sickness and disease. There's a lot of that. We, we behave ourselves into disease. Believe it or not, a lot of our behaviors are driven by spiritual and emotional brokenness, and we end up going down the road of comfort food and some of the um, the toxic mess of food we put in our life. We can avoid a lot of problems. So, you know, therein lies my story, uh, passion, and I am more passionate about uh, our purpose today than I've ever been in my whole life, and it, it just is always a great honor to get a chance to speak to uh, different audiences and instill something called hope into their lives. Well, you know, I share that passion with you and I come at it certainly from a different way at the Brain Performance Center. Everything we do starts with what's going on within the brain. But so many times, Mark, I'll have people come in and say, well, you know, I have physical problems and they keep saying it and saying it. I, I, my response is quit putting that out into the universe. Uh huh. You know, you keep telling yourself you have these physical problems, and guess what? You will. That is very good, and I'll tell you, uh, a lot of times we speak ourselves into into sickness, and we exacerbate that by continuing to label ourselves that way. I don't let people come in here in my offices and say, for example, I am type 2 diabetic, or I have heart disease. I stop them in their tracks and say, no. You are living a life conducive with healthy blood sugar. You're living a life conducive with healthy and optimal vascular structure. And, you know, it's important because the words do, do create, don't they? They do. They definitely do. And, you know, what I find so interesting, it's lifestyle choices. That's what it all boils down to. It is. The lifestyle choices we make really determine not just our present, but our future, we tend to think that it's okay to cheat on lifestyle choices. And um, I used to think that. Let's have a cheat day. Um, and Lee, my wife and I, you know, Dr. Michelle, we've done this a lot. We were wrong in, in telling people to do that. And we discovered that about 10 years ago. Because ultimately, America's the only country that actually celebrates cheating in this one manner. You know, we don't cheat on our spouse. We don't cheat in our job. We don't cheat in our taxes. We're not supposed to cheat. But yet in America, we've developed this habit culturally to say, let's go cheat on a meal, which is really cheating on your health, which is really cheating on everybody else because we're cheating ourselves out of the best us we can be to impact the world. Oh, absolutely. And and many of the diet you know, programs, you have a cheat day. Uh, and, I, and you know who you're cheating? You're cheating yourself. But I find that, you know, a lot of times the lifestyle choices that my clients make, like I love to tell them, you know, did you know couch potatoes may have a smaller brain? And they're like, what? I'm saying, yep, I've seen a study, the Boston University School of Medicine, 
that definitely correlates poor fitness and and brain volume. And they're like, what? <laughs> it is fascinating about the um, the rigidity or the plasticity of the brain, isn't it? You know, I think um, one thing I've been learning a lot recently in speaking of the brain, as you well know, we have the capabilities to do a whole lot more than we've been doing. We have the capabilities to believe a whole lot bigger than we've been believing. And the brain and its ability to uh, adapt, grow, learn is, is literally infinite. It's just awesome to think about. When I went back to school when I was 40, early 40s, people thought I had lost my mind. But in reality, I gained my mind. I realized that there's nothing I can't learn. There's nothing I can't get in there and nothing I can't achieve. And I, I hope people can believe that because the more you sit around and do nothing and get your belief systems limited, it's like creating these neurological ruts in your brain where you, you only go one direction and that's all you know. And like driving a car in the ruts, as you well know, it's you can take your hands off the wheel and it will almost drive by itself. And that's something we've got to fight against. The longer we drive those ruts, the deeper we drive those ruts, the harder there are to get out of. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the brain has a philosophy. Use it or lose it. If you quit using it, you're going to lose it. I mean, the kicker is, is that brain doesn't get fully developed until mid to late 20s. Then in the 30s, you are rocking and rolling. In the 40s, you kind of start to plateau. Maybe in the 50s, you start to see some mild impairment. But so people accept that. Oh, you know, I'm in my 60s. I should have memory problems. No, you shouldn't. You use it or you lose it. So, I mean, and the brain is so, I mean, those tens of billions of neurons we have learned, we can continue to get those little neurons and dendrites to talk to each other, wire and fire. I mean, there are people that, that do neurofeedback uh, with clients that are in comas. That's not my, my chosen venue, but because we know that until, you, until the brain dies, we can create change. That's right, you know, and, and we don't need to limit ourselves. There's a, an acronym for the word um, lie, and the acronym is limiting ideas entertained. And we got to stop that. The idea that says, I'm only so smart, I'm only so intelligent, I can never do that, I can never learn that. And that is just not true. You know, we need to challenge ourselves to be all we can be. And the greatest way to grow strength, whether it be uh, cognitive strength or physical strength or spiritual strength or emotional strength is to challenge ourselves with resistance. And that's, I go to the gym every day and I challenge myself with resistance. Does it help me physically? Yes. But Lee, that helps me spiritually and helps me emotionally too, knowing that I can get through it. No matter what comes my way, my body can adapt and overcome. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Mark. I do my dance gym and that is my therapy. That, that is my therapy. And, you know, I think that so many of us just sit in front of a TV. And I'll tell people, you know, TV can rot your brain. That'll certainly get you some attention. And then I'll, then I'll kind of chuckle. But every hour you spend watching TV every day, it does increase the risk of dying from heart disease. I mean, there are scientific studies that show that, that people that just sit in front of the TV box for more than four hours a day, they're 80% more likely to die for reasons linked to heart and artery disease. Lifestyle I, choices. I concur, and that 
is a sedentary life that we're discussing there. And further, you're driven by this perpetual bombardment of mostly negative type of information, not positive. And again, negative tends to draw attention in our world and it tends to draw our attention from the media. But negative is not something we need to be involved in at all times because it will suck the very life out of one person. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Every day research shows that we have three times more positive events in our day than negative. But what does the brain hold on to? What does the brain remember? The negative. I mean, the brain's just doing its job. The brain's job is to protect us and keep us alive. I mean, every day, two-thirds of the cells in the right hemisphere are scanning for danger. So that one negative thing happens, and that's what we pay attention to. And how much attention we pay to that really does make a difference. I can have... you know, three great things happen. And then right before I get home, somebody cuts me off and maybe does ugly sign language to me. And I walk in the door and I have to tell myself, don't pay attention to that. Remember that really nice email you got before you left the office? Isn't that true? Because we go through life and it's, The tendency of all of us is to focus on that 5% that's not so good. We talk about it, we dwell on it, we harbor it. And ultimately, if we just focus on the 95% of abundance we have, that 5% doesn't seem so big. So we, we tend to, as the old saying goes, we tend to minor in the majors and major in the minors. And that is something that is important. And so listening to, you know, broadcasts like yours, is important to continue to feed the brain, feed the mind good positive stuff to count your blessings as we're supposed to say and supposed to see and not forget to smell the roses on the journey through life. Oh, and you know, I encourage my clients every day at the end of the day, just stop. And what are three things that you're grateful for? And, you know, the problem people have is they're looking for something really great to be grateful for. It's the little things that make your day. It's the little things that enrich your life. And I tell my clients, if you have to use the same three things that you did the day before, that means you're really, really grateful. That's exactly right. And man, I mean, even before we came on today, you know, was you, you were asking about my wife and what we do. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful that we get the opportunity to speak into people's lives every day. Um, man, that's that's huge. And even sometimes in my own life, I don't sit down and actually think like that. So I appreciate, you know, even be reminded of that in this very moment in time. Well, and we do have to remind ourselves because we're all busy. We all get caught up with everything. And what a lot of my clients get caught up with is social media, you know, and that that turns them into a comparative society. Because there's always somebody out there that's had a better vacation or read, read a more intelligent book. I mean, if you're constantly comparing, you're looking for a winner and a loser. And, you know, social media is something that I have seen in the last year become very, very. You talked about that negative inflow of information. That's a great avenue. 
That's right. And um, we have to monitor that. There's there's sort of openings in our in our body. There there are eyes. That's a gate, if you will. There's ears. Um, there's our mouth. There's our our brain. And we need to guard those gates so we can certainly filter appropriately and not be completely bombarded with the life-sucking, life-draining negativity and instead fill ourselves up with those things we have to be grateful for. Well, and, you know, social media, cell phone addiction, I'm convinced that that's going to become the next really big addiction because when people come in, the first thing they'll say is, Lee, do you have a charger? And I do, but I say, no, I don't. You don't need your cell phone while you're here. Mm -hmm. I think they're, you know, I, I think they're going to have a heart attack. Oh yeah. Can't believe my cell phone's running out. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, so it's a complicated world that we live in and the approach that you take to experience true healing is, is really goes down a different path. Where does it start in your business? With us, there is seven pillars that I want people to understand that we will deal with, um, treat, make recommendations on. And those seven pillars are nutrition, sleep, stress management, movement, genetics, hormones, and peptides. Over the top of those seven is the umbrella that's the emotional and spiritual health. And so to that end, we tell them clearly that most manifestations of physical disease are because of spiritual and emotional brokenness. And we want to deal with both sides of that equation the whole time. And people are excited. They, they've not heard that approach before. They know it's unique and they know the answer lies in the holistic ability to look at one's life and get them completely healed, not just physically, but also emotionally here as mostly and spiritually at the same time. So how do you start? I mean, you mentioned genetics and in my world, brain waves are just as genetic as anything else in the body. And that plays a huge role. We start them with um, obviously belief system, but we start them from a practical standpoint, Lee, with a nutritional protocol. Um, I want them to have a plan that is not restricted, such as giving a diet. So we'll give them a list of foods that are generally considered anti-inflammatory, large list. And we'll say, hi, I'll use, use example. Hi, Lee. Okay, this is your nutritional uh, plan. And I don't care how much you eat off that list. As long as it's on the list, eat it. If you want more, eat more. If you don't want more, don't eat more. No pressure. This is your list. This is your sustenance. This is what is given to you. And that's certainly a, a way to start. Then we're going to get their comprehensive blood analyses. We're not going to go basic on that because basic blood labs from conventional care is they're, they're okay, but from a predictive or preventive standpoint, they're basically worthless. And so we're going to deepen that up. And then you're going to use our information from that to start um, you know, treating them from the standpoint of uh, hormones or peptides, nutrients, etc. We will run a genetic panel. Genetic panel for us is looking at um, these gene combinations that are modifiable, not in the gene itself, but also in, but in the expression of that gene. So 
um, you know, we know that there's multiple varying combinations of gene arrangements in our bodies, even though we're 99.9% identical. Um, so we'll get those out of there so we can get a, use those pieces of information to create the best, most personalized lifestyle plan we can get to create a predictable resilience against this, these common disease processes. Well, you know, one thing I saw on your website is you you talk about how you use the DNA test, and and I noticed, or I think I did. You even mentioned that that by understanding and unlocking the DNA, you can help your clients to lose weight. And weight loss in the last year, I don't know if you've seen it, but will studies show it? I mean, on the average, uh, I saw a study that says people have gained an average of twenty eight pounds. That's a pretty big increase. It is significant. In the last year, of course, when things changed in our world so significantly and substantially, people were shut up more. They were closed in more, closed off more, isolated more, and they fell into bad habits. And it certainly uh, caused a deleterious effect, as studies do indicate, looking back on that now. With that said, one size of a nutritional protocol does not fit all. And we all know that we've, we've all been there where two people do the same, I'll use the word diet, and they get two different results. One person loses a significant amount of weight, the other one doesn't. This is where the genes come in. Sometimes people, you know, cannot tolerate the high fat, uh, more ketogenic oriented diet plan, whereas some people can. The genes tell us that story. So we have three pieces of information. We have what people like to do, what they're doing, and then we have the genes, and then we have their age, you know, and sex. Those three components need to be factored in, and we can structure a dietary plan that absolutely works every time. So, you know, one of the things that, and I've even had different family members say, you know, you're just so different. You're, you're cut from a different cloth. And I'm like, well, I always did take more after my dad, tall and lean. Um, but they'd say, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. And of course, I don't know what to say. And whatever I have to say usually isn't well received. So I choose to see nothing. But mm. for people that have a hard time losing weight, can understanding their DNA, I mean, are there certain foods that they can eat and certain foods they can't eat? Yeah, it's actually both. So the DNA will give us a general overview of how one would uh, handle the macronutrients such as carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. And so that's step one. And so many people uh, walk around just clueless on why their body doesn't respond appropriately. The DNA also tells us what type of movement to put on for each person. I'm talking about exercise. Um, Additionally, when you go one step further into this, what we typically do is after we run their DNA and get them really on a pathway, we will get into the dietary antigen component, which is looking at the uh, the sensitivities and or allergies of varying common foods, the top 90 foods we have. And we'll find out many, many times that something that's good for some is not good for others. So these layers of really moving down the pathway to give them personalization and individualization that gives them success. And that's why I've said to people a hundred percent of the time, you know, they're going to do well here 
generally speaking, a person loses, a lady would lose between 1.5 and about 2 to 2.5% body fat per month here if they're overweight, of course. And then a man, somewhere between 2 and 4% per month. Isn't it just interesting? Men have an easier time with that. But nonetheless, that is an expectation that we set. We measure body composition routinely, and we hold them firmly to these measurables and goals. And you mentioned earlier that as long as what you're eating is on the list of food, eat as much as you want. That is correct. And that's very important because if you put somebody in a state of deprivation or you can't have this, um, what do we focus on? Kind of we talked about earlier. We focus on that thing we can't have. So we tend to think the abundant approach, the unlimited approach, the guardrail approach is the best. Well, and one of the things that I really enjoyed looking at your website before we spoke is, you know, the amount of information, the recipe book. I mean, if you five years ago, if you would have told me that I love cauliflower pizza crust, I would have told you you're crazy. And now today I do. I do love it. And it's just there's so much education that needs to be done. And people don't know where to go. I I love the internet, but there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad out there. And, you know, people will come say, well, I've I've had an eight-year-old tell me, you know, Miss Lee, I'm bipolar. I said, you're Mm -hmm. too young to be bipolar. Why do you think that? Oh, my sister, my 16-year-old sister, we did this test online. Of course, it was for a drug company. Um, So people have to know that there are good places to go. And certainly your website is one of them. And if you just Google Functional Medical Institute, it'll come up um, because there is a lot of good information. We've talked a lot about the diet, but let's just take the last couple of minutes we have before break and talk about exercise. I mean, sometimes I think people can exercise too much. Well, I'm an exercise person. I've done it for 40 years, and I can make a powerful statement right now that exercise is overrated. Um, the tendency we have to try to exercise away a bad diet is clearly wrong. The stress response has not changed in 10,000 years. So when we go exercise at high intensity, it sort of creates this intense stress response in the body to maintain fat on the frame as a survival mechanism. And we, we can exercise too much. I find it very common. Overtraining syndrome will stop and impair all weight loss efforts, all fat loss efforts. And a person, in fact, Lee, does become fat loss resistant. Well, I've, there are some people that, that I know that, honestly, they couldn't exercise anymore. And I'm an exercise lady. I've done it for 40 years. And it's my part of my daily. It's my stress management, to be honest. Um, but it, it's good to know that you just can't work it off. You've got to be doing the right exercise, what's right for your body. And you've got to be combining that with what you eat. And a lot of people that I know that overexercise, it's because they overeat. I'm going to have a whole pizza and I'll just stay at the gym for three hours. (laughs) And they think that it's going to be a wash. And, And, you know, it's not. But, you know, there's certainly the DNA testing is part of what you guys do. There's a lot more when we come back from break. I'd like to talk about how you approach long-term pain, how you use bioidentical hormone replacement, all of that to help our increase our optimal health. We'll be back after these messages. 
close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's March and I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where every spring we seem to get pummeled with hailstorms. What's another name for a thunderstorm? A cockeyed bob. The Guinness Book of World Records states the largest known hailstone in U.S. history was over seven inches in diameter. That's almost the size of a soccer ball. The famous hailstone was found in central Nebraska in June 2003. But if we think the hail's bad here in Texas, I guess it's better than living in parts of Africa, where they average 130 days of hailstorms each year. Other hail-prone areas include India, Russia, China, and Italy. The Aussies call hailstones, drift ice, glazed frost, pancake ice, and frost flowers. I wonder how they measured hail before the invention of the golf ball. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back. Now here is your host, Lee Richardson. We're back and we're going to learn more and more about what we can do to manage our health. A lot of people have chronic pain and my belief is pain lives in the brain and you have these are things that you can do, lifestyle choices that you can make that keep that pain gate wide open and there are choices that you can do that will close that gate. You've got a pretty interesting approach to long-term pain relief. Tell us about it. What we do, in a sense, we have to understand what pain is. Pain tells us a story. It tells us when something's wrong. So to try to knock it down or suppress it, I'm talking about physical pain with um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs known as NSAIDs or other stronger narcotic drugs, it doesn't fix the root of it, does it? So we know that pain is something that we deal with. It tells us something, but... We need to understand what activates the inflammatory action that insinuates this pain response. And that would be multiple things as follows. It could be um, viral, uh, parasitic, bacterial, or tissue damage. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, It could be toxins. But the immune system recognizes that as something is wrong, something's broken, something's in disrepair or dysfunction, and I need to deal with it. And so we get all these conjunctive and successive inflammatory signals sent around the body in response to what the immune system is detecting. And when we do, sometimes we will feel and sense the pain. An interesting thing about pain is, you know, it it has a memory. So everybody can also remember how bad things hurt, you know, whether it was emotional trauma or physical trauma. So we sort of attack that from the end. We want to remediate the cause of the pain, not turn the pain noise off. We want to stop the cause. So in regard to just specifically like joint pain, 
and things of that nature. We will use a lot of uh, pain modulation uh, treatment as such as omega-3 fatty acids, uh, specialized pearl-resolving mediators. We will use curcumin. We will use bioidentical hormones to repair joints. We will use uh, peptides to repair body functions such as muscles, ligatures, tendons, cartilage. And we find that when you can go back upstream and repair it, not only does the pain goes down, it just never comes back, which is what we're trying to do. So you're, you're creating organic change in the body to address the pain. That's right. And when you change, anytime you have a symptom that you don't like, it doesn't matter if it's just pain. It could be uh, nausea or gas or whatever. You want to go back upstream and try to figure out the root cause. And that's why I kind of look at us as upstream healers. So we go upstream as far as we can go to, to figure out the answer to the question, why is this happening? When you find that answer and you bring about correction, you bring, you bring about this resolve or resolution of function. And that is really the ability to not have symptoms that sort of are discomforting anymore. Well, let's take somebody that has arthritis because, I mean, I have seen clients almost crippled with arthritis. So arthritis is one. Anytime you have the itis, I-T-I-S, as a suffix on any word, we're talking about, you know, the word meaning itself, inflammation. So when we're talking about any sort of itises, chronic systemic inflammation must be part and parcel of the upstream analysis. Multiple things create chronic systemic inflammation. As I stated earlier, which is driven by the immune system response to, oh my goodness, this is a problem. But Lee, the main thing, or main things I should say, that creates the initiation of this incredibly high inflammation response in our body are the things we take in in our standard American diet, the foods. The following foods are inflammatory all the time. Now, the degree of inflammatory is all individual, but here they are. Processed foods, sugars, sodas, uh, fried foods, MSG, uh, breads and grains, corn, soy products, most dairy products. These are inflammatory because they all have this genetic modification component, commercial um, sort of processing component, and they all have chemicals in them that are absolutely toxic to our body. So all of these, because we eat every day, they create this massive inflammatory burden and response on the body that gives us less and less tolerance to deal with other things that come in, such as maybe a virus, for example. So, you know, people come up, they think there's all these workarounds. Well, I can't eat dairy, but so I, I you know, I can't eat cheese, but I found this almond milk cheese is, can I eat that? And I don't really know the proper response to that. Well, thankfully, today in our world, as opposed to maybe 15 or 20 years ago, there was not the workarounds. We didn't have the chance to really maintain a taste that we liked or enjoyed with substitutions to go from very, very unhealthy slash inflammatory toxic to healthy. Today we do. Uh, I do recommend people move from a dairy uh, products, perhaps dairy milk to almond milk. That's a good move. Coconut milk, cashew milk. Uh, we can also move from 
I think you were saying earlier, we can move from uh, eating rice to uh, cauliflower rice. There's ways we can move from eating uh, the grain breads to there's things such as uh, cloud bread that we can use. There's cauliflower wraps. So we have these these various opportunities to sub out, if you will, something that is uh, very, very positive to the body, quite likely, that from away from something that's very, very negative. You know, I'm amazed at the, where I have my office. There's a shop right behind me called Unrefined. And I, I, when I saw it, I'm like, unrefined. I've got to check that out. And it's exactly that. It's with breads and grains. And they make some amazing things. Not that I'm doing a commercial for them, but they are, um, they're, what they have is just amazing and so healthy. There's a lot of options these days. And again, as stated earlier, there, was, there wasn't 15 years ago. So people now, if you're hearing this broadcast and you say, well, um, you know, I just can't do that. I can't find. Yes, you can. You just got to ask the right sources and you just gave one. And there's other ones that one can use. Um, the sources of healthy substitutes right now is really at its peak and growing because people are becoming more and more aware of what we said at the top of the, the broadcast, that the majority of our lifestyle issues or disease processes we have, I should say, are driven by our lifestyle choices. If we just got away from the standard American diet, Lee, we would probably cut our national deficit in half by, or probably 80% because we're spending so much money on uh, sick care that can be corrected. And I realize that there's profits around that, but we're talking about people. We're talking about healing people. We're talking about giving people hope and their life back. And I think that's not just a possibility I think it should be a mandate for everybody to make the choices that we are uh, insinuating they make to just go from where you are, where it's not the best, perhaps, to where you can be, which can be the best. Well, you know, a lot of times I'll see people say, well, you know, um, I I can't fix this. I think I'll just have surgery. And that makes me just almost hold my breath. I have to because... Don't you think surgery should be the last intervention that you take? Well, surgery should be the last intervention for sure because, I mean, you look at uh, these weight loss surgeries like gastric bypass or lap band, et cetera. I mean, they do not uh, serve their purpose. I have watched so many people get permanent GI dysfunction. They end up with B12 deficiencies, nutrient assimilation issues. They get less healthy. Now, yes, they may lose some weight, but I've watched many of them gain the weight back and they can't get back their normal function because it's been impaired. And I think that if people had a better opportunity to hear better information, they would get a chance to make a better decision. And I think right now that uh, I'm all about people making their choices. Whatever you choose is fine. But what I'm not about is not giving the person full disclosure and information regarding everything involving those procedures. If you do this, for example, you know, uh, Ms. Richardson, you know, you you can't have this on the negative side. You can't have this on the positive side. And and go at it that way instead of just pushing somebody down a pathway as a quick fix because quick fixes, as a general rule, don't work. They're like Band-Aids on an open wound. Amen to that. I mean, that is something that it, a quick fix, If it, as my mom always said, if it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> it probably is. 
you know, we've talked a little bit about pain. Uh, we've talked about, and I understand that you have a procedure in your office that it does not require surgery. That's right. That would be called a procedure called prolotherapy, P-R-O-L-O therapy. It's an old osteopathic treatment modality. My wife, uh, Michelle, is just brilliant at it because she's she's uh, brainiac at anatomy. But we stick a needle inside different areas of the body, inside the joint, and you can uh, agitate the base of a ligament, for example, by just this needle. And it's not that uncomfortable either. I've had it done three times on me on my lower back in the L3, L4 area in my lumbar. Um, but as you agitate the ligature with that little needle with a little saline there, saline solution in there, the body will uh, instigate its own stem cell growth to create uh, more proliferation and more repair. So you, all you're doing is um, coaxing the body, if you will, to make its own repair mechanisms alive again. And in my own life, you know, it doesn't matter. I know people don't know what this is, but I had an annular tear. And when you have an annular tear in the spine, I mean, typically that's one of those you don't get over. But I went in for one treatment after having pain for a month and a half down my legs after finding out what it was. One treatment of prolotherapy, and of course I do a lot of the peptides and the hormones, et cetera. I haven't had any pain since. So what I did is went back and did two more prophylactic treatments about a year or two apart and uh, it's been uh, miraculous. And we've seen that experience in various uh, joints, knee, uh, elbow, wrist, shoulder. Those type of stories are not uncommon here. So for someone that has an undefined pain, they, they can't figure out what's causing it. And they've seen many doctors. They just know the pain is there. Is this something that would, the therapy would help? Yes. Uh, obviously, there's some... Um, homework we would need to do because uh, sometimes we have pain in the uh, the back of our leg and we might think the problems with the back of the leg but instead the problem may be with the spine for example so you just got to do a little bit of um, homework a little bit of um, information gathering perhaps a couple diagnostic tests and once you do you're able to determine where the most likely source of the pain is and you treat that well, you know, and kind of moving into hormone stuff, don't you think that as we get older, our hormone levels start to decline? And does that kind of set us up for bad things to happen? Well, it does. Uh, hormones will, will decline um, in females through the process of menopause, males through the process of andropause. And it happens, generally speaking, for ladies early 50s or so, unless it's surgically induced with hysterectomy or partial hysterectomy before, with men probably around the 40s. Now, we know this at this point, that hormones do not cause cancer, because um, if we say that, then that means every little girl and every little boy that reaches puberty will have cancer. So that's a false statement. We do know that there is an increased risk of disease prevalence when the synthetic hormones are given in their own combinations. So you don't use those. You use bioidentical or human identical, which have multiple pieces of data that is stacking up so deep at this point that says in a nutshell that the earlier you start replacing hormones before they're lost, the more conferred protection you have towards heart, brain, and bone disease. When do ladies, for example, get their osteoporosis postmenopausal? Why do ladies have Alzheimer's dementia eight times more than men? 
because they lose testosterone at menopause for the most part. So we know that bringing those back into the system in a more youthful level, more youthful milieu, we can create youth so we can stay younger, older, and hopefully die as young, as old as possible. That's amazing. It really is because, you know, estrogen, testosterone, thyroid, all of things, even, you know, the cortisol, we get, when did that adrenal system gets all, starts kicking out all that cortisol? It puts us in that fight or flight mode, um, which most, most people stay in that anxious hyperaroused state. And if we could get that in balance, that could really have a very calming impact. It can, and it does. So the uh, adrenals are going to respond to our perception of the outside world from our mind into our brain. Um, the adrenals also affect the thyroid, and the thyroid can affect the sex hormones. The sex hormones can in turn affect the thyroid, and the thyroid can affect the adrenals. So these interplay, interrelationship of these molecular signals known as hormones that act like emails um, – We've got to keep our email system intact so that we can communicate effectively. That's what the premise is of our endocrine system. I like to look at that as an email system. So um, looking at all that from a holistic standpoint, trying to find best function throughout all of our hormones, the ones we mentioned and others, of course, you can return full function and be younger again later in life, which is really how we're supposed to live life. So it really does make a difference in the eight, the whole aging process. It does. I look at the aging process as disease. And so if you look at aging process as disease, instead of just uh, acquiesce that it's normal, I'm getting old and here's why. If you look at it as disease, you say, I don't want to be, I don't want to have that disease. Yeah. And so it gives you a whole idea of how to address it and treat it differently. So, you know, yes, I think we all need to step back and go, do I have to accept what everybody said about the aging process. And the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. Age can be looked at as two things. What is your biological aging process? And then compared to what's your chronological aging process? We have several age clocks that we use here, which is fascinating to me. You know, we can, we can sort of know our chronological age because we look at the calendar, right? Look at our driver's license, our passport, whatever. But what we can do is we can check our biological aging process through a couple different angles here through us. And that's fascinating. And it's interesting how you can even check your immune age against your chronological age. And most of our patients here, believe it or not, they have an immune age 20 years, their chronological age less. And because they do all these things right, the body responds differently. And we haven't lost anybody over the last year or two to any viruses. And so they don't end up in the hospital. Well, that tells you they're responding to life and their immunocompetency is much stronger than perhaps uh, somebody else that doesn't do these things. So really it's preventative. It's very preventative. Well, yes, um, certainly the, you know, Ben Franklin said it best, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, I will sort of add on to that or augment it that um, a little bit of effort in, in, in prevention saves you hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills and heartache and expense that you don't need. And so 
you know, I look at it like uh, maybe a heart cath procedure, $50,000 compared to spending $2,000 for your health. What would you do uh, if you know that you could avoid a surgery before you had the surgery? What would we do? And I submit that we need to think about things a little bit differently and invest, invest into our health. And I'm going to talk about just physical health. We need to put effort, time, money into physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And when we do, we will see a return on investment that's exponential and many times higher, more broad, more depth than we ever dreamed possible. Well, you know, you certainly hit the right button with me because I have a lot of clients that are anxious and I have a lot of clients that are depressed. And they're what I think they stay, you know, that autonomic nervous system, they, they go back and forth between that sympathetic and that parasympathetic. And you know that window of tolerance is not real big to keep in balance. You've got to have everything going right in your life. And as we age, things do change. I can certainly attest to that. Are there any side effects that people might experience well, when a person is chronically in that sympathetic nervous system arousal state, it, it will suck the life out of you. It will absolutely suck the life out of you because the body, when it's persistently trying to survive, you will have fat retention. Um, cortisol, as we know, is like a glucocorticoid. It will elevate blood sugar, elevate insulin, and elevate fat retention. Um, you will deplete the uh, immune system competency. So we basically speed up our aging process. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier in the show that people that do come to the this, to the medical institute, they'll lose a percent of their body fat every month. I'm sure that gives them more energy. I'm sure that improves their focus or mental clarity. Um, it, it must touch them in many, many ways. It does. When you, you know, when people don't feel good, they're feeling bad is sort of this multifactorial observation they make of self. You know, they say, you know, I hate my body. I'm fat. I'm so depressed, you know, and they put all that together. They don't want to do anything. They get isolated and they get um, alone and they get angry, you know, et cetera. And it sets them free. And there's nothing that thrills us more than seeing a life that was in bondage in their own self prison to get out and experience life and begin to have the joys that is all potentially possible for each one of us. Well, and the really cool thing is, is that people don't have to come to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I know you and, and you lovingly refer to your wife as the queen have co-authored three Amazon number one best-selling books. And you've got a couple of movies. You've got a full length movie, Fork Your Diet. And then you have a movie that I think is supposed to come out this month, right? That's right. Uh, the three books we have are in order, Quest for Wellness, the book, Fork Your Diet, and then we have a book called Surviving the Garden of Eaton. Funny little play on words there. Um, the movie coming out soon is called The Prayer List. It is a faith-based, inspirational love story. It's uh, the story of my wife, Um and our love story, and it, I won't spoil the plot line, but it is, um, we showed a sneak preview to a few hundred people, uh, including the actors and cast, and it was uh, tears, laughter, left, standing ovation, feeling like they could achieve anything. So that's one that I hope everybody will get uh, to see. 
make that possible. Fill your mind, fill your brain full of all these resources. Whether our names are on them or not, it doesn't matter. They'll help you. They will help you. So how would they see that movie? So stay tuned. If they'll get on our website, you go to Sherwood.tv, and um, there's a way to subscribe to our emails, and you can key into our 120-day plans. We can do that anywhere in the country where you are in the world. Fine. Um, free webinars, and we will keep you informed via email uh, and announcements through our various media channels, which you can connect to all there as well. And that again, that was Sherwood TV. Sherwood.tv, yes. Okay, because I know you've got a lot of good free resources on the Functional Medical Institute website as well. But I think just for people to know that, Ed, you, you said it a couple of times, it's all about educating ourselves, making ourselves aware of what we can do and how how we make the right choices for ourselves. And I think, you know, even a free recipe book, um, Nothing's more convenient when you see something like, oh, I think I want some nutty breakfast Mars. Oh, here's how I, health, here's how I make those. They, I have found the easier that I make for people to be able to create change, the quicker the change occurs. There's actually a free resource we created recently. It's it's building resilience towards your health and freedom. It's a it's about a 27 page PDF document. It gives all the keys that we could give in the most condensed version. And you can find that one. It's free. It's uh, Sherwood.tv forward slash free. Sherwood.tv forward slash free. And that is a great document that everybody needs to have. Download PDF, well written. Um, that that will help you if nothing else. Right there. And what was that again? Sherwood.tv forward slash free. Okay. I'm sure there's more than one thing <laughs> there. And that's, you know, I think what people are really looking for is some some good information that's evidence-based, that's not driven by a pharmaceutical company advertisement. Um, and we won't go there. But there is a lot of good energy out there, and I think that you've you've given us so much, Mark, just to think about. But in so many ways, it's so simple. It's understanding the importance of nutrition, and food, and you know, exercise, and rest, and stress management. And I think the hormone balance really ties into the stress management. It does. And if people would just put all these pieces together, um, it's like putting a puzzle together to create the greatest portrait at all of the, each individual human being. So we like to say we we give you the, the brushes, the colors, and teach you how to paint your best portrait of your best life. And, uh, and don't waste that opportunity. Don't waste that because it's really, really the, the best life we have out here in front of us. Embrace it. Go get it. Have fun. Own it. And let's do this thing together. And change the world one person at a time. Amen to that. I mean, I'll, that is certainly the way to go about that. And I, again, I've, I've thanked you and I'm going to continue to thank you over and over because just the approach that you and your wife take to help people understand that who's in charge, you are, you know, and by giving them, doing the different diagnostic tests that you do, you teach them that they can prevent the common diseases that they get. And that in itself, once people can recognize the power lies within, 
that's a very powerful place to be. Mark, again, thank you so much. I've appreciated and enjoyed our talk today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio,